welcome back to another episode of Crypto Chats. I'm your host, Kenzie Gleason. Um, and this week, before we get into uh, the actual episode, I want to do a little recap of Cryptid Bash. Um, so obviously, I did not do an episode last week uh, because last weekend was Cryptid Bash 2. Um, it was so much fun. If you came out and stopped at my table, thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. I got to meet a couple people who, um, you know, were fans of the show and actually listened, and that was so cool. I, I always think it's, like, so fun and, like, so sweet to, like, meet people who actually listen um, because this show for me is literally just an outlet for sharing information that I like. So, you know, um, I always think it's crazy in a good way that people actually listen to me talk uh, to myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you stop by um, and you said you grabbed a shirt or um, said anything uh, to me at all, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, I also just wanted to put out there too that if you're not following me on Instagram, you wouldn't have known this, but my uh, leftover Crypto Chat shirts from Cryptid Bash are available online. Um, they're in my Etsy, which is linked through my uh, podcast Instagram page. That's at the Crypto Chats podcast. Um, you can get them online. They're super cute. Um, and I've shared some pictures of people wearing them. They look great on everybody. They're bright pink, naturally, um, and they're adorable. So if you miss Cryptid Bash, you wanted to get your own, um, they are available online now. Um, you can click the link in my bio of my podcast Instagram, and it'll bring you right to them. Um, so for this week's episode, we're going to do a relatively short one, um, just for funsies, you know, it's fun to switch it up every once in a while. So um, we're going to talk about the Van Meter Visitor. Um, I'm surprised I haven't done this one yet because I know one of my good friends, um, Jeremiah from Bigfoot Society Podcast, is a huge Van Meter Visitor fan. Um, and I know he's going to uh, go wild when he sees this. And I'm so glad because <laughs> that's always a fun reaction. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. Over the course of several nights in October of 1903, Locals of the town Van Meter, Iowa, were paid a visit by a strange and terrifying creature. Several prominent and well-respected men from the singles group, the Bachelors of Van Meter, were the first to report seeing this bizarre creature when they stumbled upon it emerging from a nearby abandoned mine shaft. The men reported that they saw a half-human, half-animal-like creature with huge wings similar to that of a bat and a very strong stench. The weird dinosaur bird-looking creature also featured two things that baffled the townsfolk who encountered it. It was ridiculously fast with its movements, reaching speeds unseen in other flying critters before, and it had a horn-like appendage on its forehead that seemed to shoot off a beam of blinding light. Every man who encountered this creature reacted in the same fashion, brandishing a gun and trying to shoot the thing to the ground. Eugene Griffith was the first man um, from Van Meter to take this attempt and try this tactic um, to shoot the creature out of the sky as it took off from the entrance of the abandoned mine and began to circle around the building tops of downtown Van Meter. Unfortunately, the creature seemed unfazed by the bullets, shrugging them off as merely a minor inconvenience before continuing its pursuit of terror. The next night, Town doctor and banker Peter Dunn saw the same creature separately on his own and attempted the same course of action, shooting at the winged beast. Again, nothing happened. 
though Dunn was supposedly able to capture a plaster cast of a three-toed track, seemingly belonging to the Flying Terror. Um, I did try to find a picture or any sort of evidence of that um, mentioned track, and I could not find anything, unfortunately. Um, so if you have access to that, please send it to me. I would love to see it. The following evening, the creature struck again, this time waking up the local hardware store owner, O.V. White, from a dead sleep. The creature was perched on top of a telephone pole across the street from White's hardware store and home apartment, which was a perfect spot for someone described as a dead eye, dead eye with a gun excuse me, to get a fatal shot. But once again, surprise, surprise, the creature was not phased by the gunshot. Um, at this point, to me, I would think maybe it's time to um, try a different tactic because clearly um, the guns are not working, but simply did not work like that. Um, so instead, the, gun, the sound of the gunshot woke Sidney Gregg, who had been asleep in his store nearby. Gregg did not fire at the beast, like a smart man, but instead reported a detail that no one else had included thus far, which was that when the creature was not flying, it was hopping along the ground in a similar fashion to a kangaroo. So, to kind of recap what we have here, we've got a flying creature that is somewhere between a bird and a dinosaur in appearance, with a very strong smell. It's very stinky. It's got super speed. <laughs> it hops like a kangaroo, and it has a large horn on its forehead that shoots blinding light. Uh, and it has been terrorizing the town of Van Meter for three consecutive nights at this point, and it is also apparently impervious to bullets. So... I wish, before I go any further, I'm just going to say I wish that there was more information or at least more detail about this horn appendage on its forehead um, and its ability to shoot blinding light uh, because that is a, a very important detail in the story of the Van Meter Visitor. But I wish that there was more to it. I want to know more about it, right? Like I just, it, it's a it's a really, really cool interesting little piece of information about it but there's not enough of it for me um i want there to be like a little bit more like you know did it hit anything with the light is it you know always on or is it just when it wants it on anyway um that's that's my thought process on that so moving on at this point the men of van meter form one of my favorite types of groups a cryptid hunting posse to try to rid the town of this bizarre creature that's been flying around scaring everyone. The group of men took up arms and marched over to the northwest side of Van Meter to the entrance of the abandoned mine shaft where the creature seemed to originate from. Upon arrival, a call sounded from the depths of the mine, which J.L. Platt Jr. described with, quote, Presently the noise opened up again, as though Satan and a regiment of imps were coming forth in battle which is hilarious to me. So you've got not just Satan, but also his imps. There's a bunch of them, and they're coming to fight. Um, and the men were met with not only the creature that they set out to find, but also a smaller version of the same creature. So now there were two, assumedly a parent and a baby, and the creatures blinded the men with the light from their horns before disappearing into the night. The men waited until morning to see if the creatures would return, and sure enough, just before the sun rose, they returned to the mineshaft entrance. The men fired a ridiculous amount of guns at these two creatures, uh, who simply reacted by screaming their unearthly sounds and flying back down into the depths of the mineshaft, 
which at this point, it's almost like, do these men not talk to each other, right? Because each one of them has tried to shoot it, and each time it has seemed uh, completely unfazed by a bullet, right? And whether that's maybe they just didn't shoot it, didn't, you know, didn't actually hit it, or maybe it just you know, something, something was off, or maybe it's just really good at hiding the fact that it got hurt a little bit. I don't really know. I don't know what the deal is. Obviously, I wasn't there in 1903. I was not born yet. Um, so I can't say for sure uh, what, what the issue is here with the guns. But I can say that so many of these dudes were like, yeah, I'm going to shoot it. And then they tried to shoot it and it didn't work. And then the next one was like, oh, well, you couldn't get it, but I bet you I can get it. And they just kept going on this this really um, <laughs> really silly little train of thought of like, well, maybe, maybe the next guy who tries can shoot it. You know, maybe the next one will shoot it. Um, and <clears throat> they all clearly noticed that the bullets were not doing anything. So then they thought, what if we shoot it with like 12 guns at the same time? Um, clearly it didn't do anything. So I just, I, <laughs> I don't know that I fully understand the mindset that went into that specific part of this, uh, this little, um, side quest here. So anyway, uh, the Van Meter visitor was never seen again. So it was, it was a one and done situation. You know, it came around, popped around for about three days to harass the town, townsfolk of Van Meter. Um, kind of just bobbed around. To my understanding, it didn't really even do anything. It was just kind of like vibing, right? It was just kind of like hanging around, um, flying around, sitting on telephone poles, you know, sitting on top of buildings and stuff, but it wasn't actually bothering anybody. You know, I think um, it seemed it seemed a little bit more like the townsfolk were kind of like, whoa, that thing's weird. We should kill it, uh, which is an interesting thought process to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just was kind of there. And then, you know, it said, okay, well, clearly we're not welcome here because you guys keep trying to shoot us. So we're going to go back to living in the mine. Um, and that's what I have gathered from that story. Um, I do think it is a very interesting story. I feel like there, I feel like I did not find a ton of information about this encounter. Right. And like for something that's like such a big part of Iowa's history, I feel like there should be more, and I feel like maybe I missed something. I don't know, but it's an interesting story for sure. Um, I also would love to touch upon the fact that there was a group of single men called the Bachelors of Van Meter, uh, because that's really funny to me. I, I really, I enjoy that because of the fact that, like, I love, like, reality TV and stuff, and to me that really just screams, like, like, that was, like, that time period's, like reality TV, right? Like <laughs> these dudes were all just vibing around, like competing for some woman's, um, like hand in marriage or something. And like, they were all just like pitted against each other. Like, I think it's funny. So yeah, those are my thoughts and feelings on this, uh, encounter. I did see some, um, theories that this creature maybe was a hornbill, which I'm not super, super familiar with hornbills as a thing. Um, it is an exotic bird or, uh, you know, a species of exotic bird. Um, so one of the, the theories was essentially that, you know, this was, um, somebody's exotic bird that got loose, but I don't really know the history of exotic animals in, 
the United States, so I do not know if that checks out um, because this was 1903. So I'm not really sure if I if I could be the one to to say definitively that that's what it was. But all in all, an interesting theory. Um, and when you look at a, a picture of a hornbill and you look at you know the the artist depictions of the Van Meter visitor, it does kind of make a little bit of sense. But but again, um, that's that's not my uh, official stance. My official stance is that it was a weird cryptid because that's always my official stance. So. <clears throat> That's what I have for you guys this week. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Next week I will have another episode for you with some um, really important updates as well. So we're going to get some updates next week. Um, So yeah, so make sure you tune in then. um, And I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!